0: you are listening to the next best picture podcast and this is our review of novitiate
1: a nun oh kathleen you're a 17 year old girl
0: i was called and i'm going to become a nun and there's really nothing that you can say that's going to make me change my mind
1: good afternoon all of you since unfortunately god can't be here to run this convent himself my voice will serve as a stand in for his. You'll be spending the next six months as postulants. After that, you'll enter the novitiate. Any questions? Put your hand down, sister. Postulants don't have questions. And you are free to go home. What is this you're reading? Something to do with this Vatican II. Our Pope has suddenly turned himself into some sort of reformer. Well, that's a good thing. Perhaps change is you going. think the church is in need of change? I happen to think the church is perfect the way it is.
2: Are you still encouraging
3: all of your bishops for extreme acts of penance?
1: I would like you to use the discipline on yourself. That's gotta stop. I don't think you really understand what this will do to us. Liar! supposed to think about each other because we're not here for each other we are here only for god maybe i could just touch your hand for a second we're really not supposed to touch like that what is going on here she looks like she's dying (laughs) i think it's wrong of you to keep us in the dark the church gave me my work my community even my identity and now the church is trying to invalidate all that saying none of it matters. So my question is, what is it that really does still matter?
0: All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Novitiate, and the story is as follows. A 17-year-old trains to become a nun. As the Roman Catholic Church undergoes radical changes in the early 1960s, the film is starring Margaret Qualley, Diana R. Agron, Morgan Saylor, and Melissa Leo. It is written and directed by Margaret Betts, and joining me for this review, I have Will Mavity.
3: Hello, hello, hello. All right, did you say your prayers before you hopped on this review, sir? (laughs) I said my prayers, and they came back and kicked me in the ass, basically. They're very much in the Melissa Leo vein of prayers, so... Little did I know, heading into this,
0: that I was actually about to see what is ultimately... Surprisingly, a relationship drama between these women and the supreme
3: being that majority of the earth calls God. Which, let's be clear, the film is incredibly unsubtle about. They mentioned that fact about seven times. I mean, I actually was... Let me tell you, this is one of the most fascinating
0: films I've seen all year because I was not aware that... Uh, These women viewed the, um, the, the the transformation, the process, whatever you want to call it, of becoming a nun as almost as a marriage and how they had to be just like how the idea of you had to be pure for your husband, you know, on your wedding night, wear white and, you know, be a virgin, consummate the marriage or whatever the ideas of it were back in the old days this idea of being completely pure of spirit you know uh free of sin and being the purest of pure and what that does psychologically to these women oh my god this movie's like 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 brainwashing uh it, it's like terrorizing at times to watch
3: yeah well i mean somebody back when it came out made the comparison early on that This film is whiplash with nuns, and it really is, down to someone getting warped because of their abusive superior. Actually, literal, mother superior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of play on words with this movie. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, you'll you'll be seeing none of those here. Ah! Uh, Okay, (laughs) I'll see myself out. No, but down to i mean very very similar parallels to whiplash you know also not unlike the master there's a lot of parallels anything where someone any film where someone's psyche is broken down and rebuilt you can see shades of that in novitiate but it certainly was aside from being an interesting look at a time in history you know the catholic church pre-vatican ii this film is a fascinating exploration of the psyche And it really sets out to be its own beast, despite some of these parallels. Now, that's something I thought was particularly interesting. I didn't realize that, yeah, I I went to Catholic school, I should have known this, but pre-Vatican II, that nuns were in fact deemed to be superior because they are literal brides of Christ, at least pre-Vatican II to all other Christians. Did you find that fact interesting as well?
0: Oh my God, yeah. Uh, I went to Catholic school from kindergarten all the way to a uh, senior year of high school. So for me, uh, if we had a priest, we didn't really have a nun. You know, there was nobody in our school that was someone that had this level of power and authority. And to see that here... It's almost like a tragedy in a way of how they viewed uh, Vatican II and and, and they being um, the the nuns, uh, exemplified by Melissa Leo's uh, mother Superior in this, you know, because it, this is like the military, right? But for women during this time, one could say. And the process that they have to go through, in terms of being in what is truly the most intimate relationship you could possibly imagine, but yet you are completely alone. They're not allowed to leave the grounds. They're not allowed to come into contact with those outside, not even their own parents and family members. And they're also not allowed to have any kind of, obviously, relationships with one another, even maybe on a friendship level out of fear of that becoming intimate over
3: time. And I thought that was one of the things the films really did well. Not just showing, you know, the desperation for any kind of intimacy that this life would offer, but also I hadn't considered, you know, if you made the choice to be a nun... And then you found out that everything you practiced was essentially invalidated. I thought some of the most moving scenes are when characters, supporting characters, minor characters who don't have any lines, are hearing the details of Vatican II. And this film really hammers home to you what it would be like if you had spent 60 years of your life doing that. You know, at least the the main characters are all on the young side, aside from Melissa Leo. But there's women there who are 70 years old. There's
0: this line in the trailer where uh, she says, "The Catholic Church wants to tell me that you know nothing really matters." Well, let me ask you, what really does matter? And it's a line that takes on new meaning when you actually see the film and you see once again the process and you understand more deeply the connection that these women have uh, to their faith and how ingrained it is into their very being. You know, it's like it's like when uh, that scene in Taxi Driver when he's like a man has a job and that man becomes the job. The job becomes him and he's giving like that bad speech of advice. You sound like
3: Brad Pitt in a Glorious Bastards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kill the Nazis. No, nah, I'm 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 playing. Uh, but in any event though, I'm saying that these women, their whole livelihood is the church. It's everything. Strip that away from them, and who are they anymore? Because they've essentially stripped away every other aspect of their own personality and who they were before they ever even came there. And in the case of Kathleen, she's 17 years old. Her mother perfectly tells her she doesn't know the ways of the world yet. She hasn't experienced love, she hasn't experienced heartbreak, she hasn't experienced so much, and she'll never get a chance to if she decides to commit herself to this all she'll ever know is this lifestyle and i think in a way that even despite all of that i almost at times couldn't tell what stance the film was taking in terms of what was necessarily right and what was necessarily wrong in terms of the path that one would choose to take you know the church versus um I don't want to say the real world, because I don't want to, like, you know, say that the church, you know, is not, you know, a valid choice here. But uh, as portrayed in this film, uh, it definitely is shown to be the lesser of the two, I would say.
3: I, I thought it was pretty clear in the stance it took. I mean... While Melissa Leo's character is humanized a little bit, I mean, you see, this as someone who genuinely has strong religious convictions and feels like she's only who she is because of religion. I mean, she's portrayed as abusive, and most of the behaviors these characters display, I would say, come across in a negative light. You know, this yeah, isn't like the, wolf- the
0: other women that serve un- under her, but above uh, Kathleen. And the other uh, young women that are training to get into the novitiate, you know what I mean? Like they, they, are portrayed as being um,
3: not as insane as Melissa Leo, let's say. Yeah, and, and <laughs> okay, and the ones who are less insane for the most part seem to leave, or they are portrayed. You know, it's it's maybe it's tragic. I I don't think the film's saying they're evil, but I don't think the film is saying this is healthy or good. You know, the but the but but on the flip st- side of that,
0: though, the film does take time. To show the viewer why Kathleen would choose this, because um, her father is uh, an absentee father. He he leaves them early on. The mother is not particularly religious, and she's a single mom who's clearly got her own faults. She's may you know sleeping with other men and so on and so forth. And Kathleen is an introvert, not really social, doesn't really like, you know, get along and fit in with many people. I I could see very early on why this would be
3: an option. Okay, but here's the thing. If you're making a film about a cult, you would probably... You know, the reason cults appeal to people is that they appeal to something within their nature that's lacking. You know, they, they, they feel that they have an empty life. Uh, in The Master, you know, we are shown that Freddie is an alcoholic and he suffered PTSD in the war. Uh, he's in trouble with the law. So, of course, Lancaster Dodds community is going to appeal to him i don't think there's anything in the master though even though they showed oh of course this is why he'd be attracted that implies the film is saying yes lancaster dodd's movement is a positive way of life and i think it's kind of the same in here you can see why uh, kathleen had an emptiness why she had an unhappy life and why she was drawn to something that gave her support i don't think it means the film is saying yeah this is a good idea
0: Well, let's look at the other film that we've compared this to, and that is Whiplash, right? Let's take a look at the way that that film has parallels to this in the sense that being a part of the band is not being a part of a cult, right? Uh, It's just something that you happen to be good at, you happen to enjoy. And Andrew Neiman is trying to be literally the best. Or at least the best that he possibly can be. And that will obviously supersede his own expectations with the um, with the direction uh, given to him by J.K. Uh, J. Simmons in that film. Who pushes him further beyond he even thinks he's capable of going. I wouldn't say that being a part of that band is so much being in a cult. And I almost think that you can see it both ways where... Yes, I understand what you're saying, and that it's providing something that's lacking. There is kind of a cult-like atmosphere and ritualistic um, systematic way in which these people live their lives. But also, too, by the same token, from the perspective of the young women who are uh, willingly, voluntarily joining up for this, um, they see it as something that they are very, very uh, drawn to, and they have a deep connection with, and it's something that actually makes them feel good. Ultimately, you know, it, it's in this regard that hindsight's twenty twenty. Yes, we see that uh, Vatican II was tragic for many, many women in the Catholic Church. However, when you see the other things that they did away with as a result of Vatican II, we also see that the Church reformed and became a much more accessible and better place despite the fact that women's roles were completely pretty much obliterated. You know, I guess that is the tragic nature of this in the
3: end. I would say, though, I mean, the film emphasizes a lot of the good things that came from this, and I kind of felt like the way it fades out and the... the character's talking about she wants something more at the end. Everything I got was okay, if this character does leave the convent, that's positive. Yes,
0: it, yes it is. It is, but also at the same time it it may be for it may be for her, but maybe it isn't for everyone you
3: know most of the characters on screen get abused while they're in training you know just this humiliation having to crawl around on the floor or they're kicked out because they were being just friends i mean it, we we saw a character who is only in part of the church basically because she feels that she she's ashamed of her sexuality and feels she needs to go to a place that can punish her i mean this i, I don't really see Which characters, other than Melissa Leo, who says she benefited from the direction that she took in her life, who benefit? I mean, I would say this is a lot more cut and dry than Whiplash. And in Whiplash, Chazelle has even said he deems the film a cautionary tale. You know, he says he thinks Andrew Neiman died of a drug overdose at 33, friendless and alone in a cheap motel room, uh, because he forwent all the good things in his life. So in the end, then, the question that I have to ask is... Is this
0: a uh, is this condemning religion?
3: I don't think it's condemning religion. I think that th- the characters who uh, you know the archbishop who espouses Vatican II is maybe viewed as a voice of reason. I think this film is very strongly condemning a specific type of religion. Okay, you know, and it, 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 they even have the character uh, one of the teachers differentiate catholicism pre-vatican II as a different religion from protestantism you know they're not even saying it's a different sect of christianity i think it is condemning religious extremism i don't think it's saying faith is bad but very clearly you know this this type of extreme convent life yeah i think pretty clearly it's saying stay away from this at all costs
0: oh yeah no i that i completely understand i i i get it wholeheartedly and um I'm not necessarily asking these questions to prove a point. I'm asking these questions just for the simple sake of asking them because I think that the conversation is one that is, like I said, it's one of the most fascinating films of the year because of this, especially especially if you were raised a Catholic. And even if you weren't raised a Catholic, I still think there is a lot to be found in this film. It, it, you don't have to be a Catholic or understand the teachings of Catholicism in order to understand and or relate to what is going on here.
3: Yeah, uh, there's, I mean, there's certainly unsubtle symbolism, but, you know, it's effective. There's a scene towards the end of the film. One aspect I liked is, Kathleen is depicted throughout the entire film. There's a lot of scenes where she strips, but the camera deliberately eschews any nudity. And, of course, for most of the film, I thought, oh, that's just in her contract. But then there's a scene towards the end of the film where you as the viewer realize that she's beginning to question her faith. And you see a cross fall off the wall symbolizing lapsed faith. And then all of a sudden, she does a full frontal nude scene. So there, uh, that implies, okay, this is someone who's now embracing their body, embracing their physicality. Nothing to do with the contract. That's a deliberate symbolic usage of nudity, which I thought was brilliant. And I thought that's something that's cool. This is written and directed by a woman. You know, that's a really interesting way to use nudity instead of just being like, oh, shit, look at that. You know, like <laughs> there. there's a lot of interesting symbolism to be found here. Yeah, I mean, it it is a film that certainly lingers. I saw this with my girlfriend, and nine hours later, she couldn't stop talking about it. So it it leaves an impression, we'll say that. Oh, definitely. And I don't want to
0: necessarily explicitly say what happens at the ending of this film, but I thought the film was going to end a certain way, and then it fades to black, and then it ends uh, another way. And normally, I advocate for the way in which I thought it was going to end but instead the film does something else entirely and I have to say I was very pleasantly surprised and it made the, it made the experience actually that much more better for me in the end and I and I reacted more positively to it to the point where um God, it's so hard to talk about it without actually revealing what happens but I know uh, it's it, it, it left me in a state where I could see now the clear arc. Of the Kathleen character and I was able to very, very easily then appreciate the film a lot more for how that character was written, how her environment uh, helped shape her personality and how she grows as a character, too. So let's let's talk about Margaret Qualley for a second, because I know Melissa Leo is going to get a lot of praise for this film. But I think Margaret Qualley equally deserves to be shouted out for what is truly an
3: astonishing uh, lead performance here, I felt. Oh, she's great. And honestly, I liked Melissa Leo. She's very good. You know, it's a big performance. It fits the role. I almost felt like at times she was too over the top. You know, they, they gave her a little bit to make her somewhat of a three-dimensional character. You know, they gave her a tragic, lonely background. You could see why she was drawn into this. But she didn't, when screaming, she didn't feel quite as natural as, say, a J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Um, there are a couple scenes, and maybe this is deliberate, where she comes across as comedic. And I'm not, I'm not sure this was intended. You know, there's a scene where uh, I think she's... It's nervous on- laughter. If anything, oh, I, I wouldn't even say nervous laughter. I was just laughing because it no, felt because corny. it's like it's pins and nee-
0: it's pins and needles, and you know those moments. I think are there to try and just break the tension just a little bit for the audience. Otherwise, it would be too unbearable.
3: Like the film, the moment where she lays on the floor and goes, "I love you, my heaven, my darling husband." That
0: that part was uh, that part was a little much. I will admit, for even myself, um, that would be that would have been the only cut. Uh, of her performance that I would have made. Believe me when I also say this too, as a fault for the film, I would have made a lot of other cuts elsewhere.
3: Okay, yeah. So I guess we'll address those later. Yeah. But I concur. I think she's very good. I wouldn't give her the win. I think she's easily going to get nominated. I do prefer her in The Fighter. Wow. Oh, man. The reason why I disagree with that is
0: because... Her, I don't, I don't, is it her final scene? No, it's not her final scene. But the scene where she reveals the details of Vatican II brought me to
3: tears. She slays in that, and that's the scene that makes her a human being. Yeah, You know, and that, that is an excellent scene. That obviously will be her Oscar nomination clip. And that really brought the film up another level for me. Oh, yeah. But... I think I went into this with just enormous... I mean, until the last couple of months with I, Tonya picking up steam, I had her slated as my winner most of the year. Oh, I think we all did. So I I was just so... My expectations were so
0: high for this performance. And I could totally see how you saw this film... If you saw this film in Sundance and back in January, I, I could totally understand why you would think like, oh my God, Melissa Leo is definitely getting nomination number two and possibly a second win out of this. And you could hold on to that for... Freaking seven months, eight months, easily. I could totally see that, uh, and and why we all did it. Um, especially considering none of us have seen Alice and Janny yet. Uh, now that people have, and we see that, you know, the reactions to Leo are ultimately what they are. Uh, yeah, there's a clear, there's a clear uh, path now. I would say for Janie to take it, but th- I don't think there's a chance in hell that Leo misses a nomination for this, though. No, no,
3: I think she'll get nominated too. I was just, I had her predicted to win all year, and then. You but know, can we go back to Margaret Qualey for a minute? <laughs> yeah, Margaret. Okay, Margaret Qualley. She's. I think that's where I was going with this. I got sidetracked. The reason I like her more is because she felt so much more natural. She didn't feel I am capital A acting at all times. She felt fully like a lived-in character. And this is someone, yeah, I believed that she felt very awkward. I believe that she was depressed. And there's a scene that, you know, has some very on-the-nose dialogue that she manages to sell. There's a scene talking about just she wants to be comforted. And I thought she pulled it off. Oh, yeah. Splendidly.
0: Oh yeah, that there's that scene and the second scene that like just floored me was the chapter of faults scene, which is a scene where oh my god, all the women get on their hands and knees in a circle. One of them then gets uh, brought to the center of the circle when uh, the mother superior, played by Melissa Leo, asks the person in the center to tell them their faults, and and I'm not talking about faults like oh, I'm untidy or I, you know, was late to this or sometimes I speak out of turn. Like, they want you to go deep, deep. And it's psychologically devastating to reveal like those inner dark aspects about your personality. And she has a breakdown in this scene, like an emotional breakdown that was just... You know I can understand why some people might even think it's uh, once again overacting possibly but I thought it was emotionally devastating and was the complete climax of that character meeting her breaking point and it just it just slayed me man
3: oh my god those and that goes back to the cult aspect you know like you you indoctrinate people by getting them to relive their worst experiences and to get emotional and then you offer them solace but yeah No, that those scenes were some of the best in the film, and I agree. You know, even when she's going at her biggest in the performance, when she's screaming and she's crying, it made me. It hit me in the feels. It felt real, and it made me want to comfort her. She she commits to it. Is what she goes for it. You know, and you
0: you believe it because she's putting herself. You really feel like she's putting herself through something. It's almost like that same level of uh, acting that you kind of got from uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Mother. Early this year where she you could tell that she's putting herself through something psychologically that you know even if it's pretending acting whatever you want to call it you can't help but feel like it's still emotionally taxing and you know you have to respect that level of commitment now talk about
3: some of the other performances that arch the the scene with the archbishop and uh, melissa leo oh my god (laughs) his his line where he just goes, otherwise I might have to suggest that we find a replacement for you. I died. Oh, dude. His comedic Amazing. timing.
0: Amazing. He, was, he was so great. At, you know, just like, that needs to stop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> His comedic timing was so great. And I was a little surprised since uh, Diana Agron was so high build. It, it makes sense given the plot. I was a little surprised, honestly, we didn't get more of her. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I liked her. Yeah, definitely. I would like to have seen more. The person, though, who
0: I was not expecting in this, um, who I could even see some people, if they thought Melissa Leo was too much, I I could honestly see a pathway where uh, some people would say that Julianne Nicholson is also equally phenomenal in her own way in this film as well.
3: Oh, yeah. No, she's great. I mean, she's certainly... And that's probably a more... I'm not going to say nuanced character, but it's not extremes. This is someone who clearly could have... I
0: I think what you're trying to say is that it's underwritten, but she makes the most of it.
3: You know, this is someone she doesn't have that much to work with on the page, but she creates a character who I would say is very nuanced. You know, she clearly had a lot of work to do as a mother, made a lot of mistakes, but genuinely loved her daughter and was going to be there for her regardless of the choices her daughter made. You know, I didn't think this was an Oscar-caliber performance, but it was strong. She was sympathetic, you know. She had some great emotional moments. She was a good crier. (laughs) A lot of crying in this movie. A lot of crying. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is too crying, what just pure screaming was for the Florida Project. (laughs) Okay, all right. So we, were,
0: we talked about earlier about the chapter of faults. It's time to talk about uh, Novitiate's chapter of faults now, okay? Ooh, good. Transition. Let, let, let's get let's get some of these uh, faults out of the way here. Um, the first thing I'll mention, and I kind of alluded to this before, the film is over long.
3: Yes, very much so. Could have shaved off 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, 15, 20 minutes. What it, so here's a prime example. Um, they could have consolidated the scenes in the beginning into one, the flashback scenes when she's still a child where A, she goes to church, and then B, the nuns to her house. They didn't necessarily need to have the full, oh, we go to church, this happens, and then she's like, oh, it was peaceful, and then have the mother and father argue. Instead, they could have established, you know, through a line or two, the husband's gone, there is this problem, have a couple lines of dialogue, and then these nuns make a positive impression and send her to Catholic school. Boom, you've cut off 10 minutes.
0: I also felt, too, uh, a sign uh, that the film needed to be trimmed. Uh, another example, so to speak was that there was voiceover included in the film, but it was used here and there. Like, it wasn't consistent throughout. And it made me think, hmm, were there chunks of the film where there was supposed to be voiceover, but they were cut out? Is the voiceover there to just help patch things and transition things along? Like, I started just asking myself these questions, and then then I started thinking to myself, like, could we have just afforded to just shave some of these voiceover scenes and just shave some of this completely? Because I feel like the effect the impact that they were striving for could have
3: also have been achieved in a shorter runtime overall. Oh, I totally agree. Well, for example, you know, the whole voiceover at the beginning, what those people didn't know is that we were women who were deeply, deeply in love, in love with God. You don't need to have that as a voiceover. Basically, all the voiceover in the opening does is lead up to that particular statement. And it's reestablished in dialogue 15 minutes later. You
0: also don't need to show Melissa Leo at the end of the film in the beginning of the film and confuse
3: the audience. (laughs) I I absolutely agree. There were some just editing choices. I thought the whole first 15 minutes of the film were bizarrely edited in general. I mean, there's a lot of scenes that feel like they're just kind of randomly thrown in there before you even get to the Novitiate title card. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah.
0: A uh, second fault uh, of the film, I would say, too, is that even though uh, on its own, I really, really liked the score a lot, mm-hmm. I felt it was very overused.
3: Well, yeah, because they keep using the same 30 seconds of the score. It's very pretty, but it gets so repetitive, and it definitely felt overblown. There's moments honestly that were so raw in their emotional power that i really thought they would have been more impactful if you just pulled the score away and let silence do the talking in the background you know (laughs) martin square says (laughs) he's silence yeah god damn it no but seriously you know there's a lot of scenes where i honestly thought the music undercut the punch
0: Well, it's funny, I just made the joke a second ago, but it's true because Silence barely had a musical score and it explored similar themes in a sort of way and was also able to deliver that emotional gut punch without the use of music, too. So it can be done. It can be done. This is all to add up to say that um, I think what Margaret Betts as a um, feature uh, film director uh, making her debut here with this film, she previously had directed a, a short and a documentary Um, there are some faults, but I would say overall, this is very, very strong work and very indicative of the quality and the level of work that we can probably expect from her in the future.
3: I'm very excited to see what she does next. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she got very strong performances out of her actors. She had a lot of passion. Clearly the direction was fairly dynamic. You know, I, I had my flaws with just occasionally how things were shot, but generally fairly well-composed images. No, I, I think she's a very promising talent. I think Margaret Quayley, who I enjoyed in The Nice Guys last year, too, is someone to keep an eye on. Melissa Leo, even if I wasn't a fan of her awards campaign strategies, is someone who's impressed me every time she's come on screen. So there's a lot of people that I'll continue to keep an eye out for on this. It's, it's, a, it's a strong film. I don't think it deserves consideration beyond any major categories aside from supporting actress and maybe lead actress. But it, it's a damn good film. It's not a great film, but it's a very good one. Absolutely.
0: Uh, so that will then bring us to final thoughts. Great out of 10, Oscar potential.
3: You know, in a perfect world, i will do 7.5. We're not doing It's It's a good solid 7. Oscar potential, it's going to get nominated for Melissa Leo. I don't feel quite as certain about that as I did before I saw it, but I think she'll probably get in. Although the film isn't performing well financially, so if it just disappears, she might miss out, a la Vanessa Redgrave for Coriolanus or something, after we've predicted her all year. But yeah, I think just a supporting actress nomination, you know, but it it will be well-received, might show up at a critics group here or there.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't see this... um I don't see this contending for anything outside of Melissa Leo either. I, I've heard some people say like, oh, Mark Quayle could really like do it or the screenplay. And it's like, no,
3: not, not in a stacked cat. Those two categories are stacked this year. That's not happening. No, it's we not were adapted. Maybe I, I see Melissa Leo happening.
0: I don't care how the film performs financially. I think the performance is strong enough and is memorable enough that those that do see it will easily give her enough votes to get her the nomination. A win is a totally different story and I don't think a win is going to happen, but I think the nomination is... Honestly, I think her, Metcalf and Jenny are assured.
3: Yeah, and also she's a member of the club. You know, this will be a third nomination. So she's clearly someone they like and you look back at something like The Last Station Helen Mirren is a member of the club so to speak. Nobody went to see The Last Station and she and Plummer still got in for that so yeah I agree regardless of the money I think she's she's got a damn good chance I'm not going to say a lock but close to it
0: You know, uh, another directorial debut earlier this year that I thought was strong, had a lot of really great positives, uh, but also had some faults along with it as well. Um, I, too, gave a 7 out of 10, too, and that was uh, Wind River. Um, I feel very comfortable giving Novichy at that same exact score. Um, It's not one of the best films I've seen this year, but it's a very good one. And it's something that I really do urge people to check out, Catholic or not. I think that there is enough here to chew on in terms of performances. Um, very, very, very deep themes. Uh, like, you know, Will and I were breaking this down. Is this a cult? Is it like the military? Is it the equivalence of, you know, joining uh, the band in a Whiplash? Whatever the case may be, uh, there's a lot of different ways to view it and also discuss with it uh, if you bring someone with you uh, afterwards or if you just want to talk to random strangers like i tend to do sometimes you know walking out of the theater hey did you guys like that did you was it whiplash with nuns what did you think <laughs> in any event i would urge uh those that are uh that have it in their area i would urge them to check it out and it's called novitiate which is funny because they even make fun of that at one point in the movie novitiate nov Novitia, like, what <laughs> I think it's I think it's um who is it? Is it Julian Nicholson? Who Nicholson, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. she's
3: got some great moments. Oh. Yeah, I love when she cusses out. <gasps> the the that's such a great scene. I don't want to spoil this for our listeners. So fantastic. My audience
0: cheered. I don't know if yours did. Mine did.
3: Oh, yeah. There was hooting and hollering whenever people Julian Nicholson cusses. You'll see, you'll all see. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, well well, where can I find you? On the internet. You can
0: find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening to our review of Novitiate here on the Next Best Picture podcast, where you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on Castbox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing less than five stars is ever acceptable in our eyes, or else God will smite you down for it. Just kidding. Be sure to tune in again next time, and we will, as always, of course, see you again next time.
2: History is complicated.